Masonic Light Podcast. This is Pastmaster Moyer calling. I listened to episode 81 this past Friday evening, but till I was finished listening to it, it was after midnight. And since it was a harvest moon and it was getting spooky out back, I thought I'd go to bed. So today I happened to notice my notes laying here on this little table in the sunroom. So um, can't really say much negative about the show. It was very interesting. Josh Lamberton was there, Larry Maris, Pete Ruggieri, Tim Dedman, Larry Hudson, Steve Henry Jr., and Jim Stevens did his uh, lodge business brief call-in. Oh, and Ryan, the 23-year-old. I didn't catch his name, but he spoke quite a bit at the end. It's a very very interesting episode. Um, just two things I'll pick on you guys about. Hey, Dedman, it's Cigar Lodge number one, not First Cigar Lodge. But in your defense, you and uh, Josh Lamberton are the only ones that are pronouncing Masonic numbers correctly. The rest of you boobs uh, need to work on that. And Henry, you, you really need to work on it since you're Lodge 43's new secretary. Anyway, great episode. And looking forward to listening to episode 82. Bye. From the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Ocho Cinco. Hola. Ocho Cinco. Ochenta y Cinco. Episode 85, everyone. 85. Very exciting. I'm sorry. I just got back from um, my suspension in Mexico. (laughs) So (laughs) the language is a little screwed up here. He's practically liquid right now. So, uh, yeah, you guys did a great episode while I was gone. Thank you, Tim, for driving the short bus. Yeah, it was, I had to put them all in seatbelts. It's not a helmet, it's protective headgear. (laughs) Right, that's what they, you're not allowed to call those things bibs. They're clothing protectors Mm. for the Masons. So, everybody, episode 85. Um, Today's episode is brought to you by our patrons. Uh, if you too would like to be a patron of the Masonic Light Podcast Show, visit Masonic Light. No, you don't do that. Go to <laughs> go to patreon.com slash Masonic Light Podcast. That's how you can better give us some money. And for as little as a dollar a month. One dollar. One dollar. You can help keep our lights on and maybe buy us a calendar because <laughs> we have no idea what we're doing. Um, we have a whiteboard, but I'm covered with ink up to my elbow. <laughs> we have two whiteboards, actually. We do. So tonight's episode was supposed to be the Imperial Potentate, but he had a family. He had a family health issue, um, which he- is a health issue. Um, a, a, someone in his family passed, so uh, he he gets an excuse. Um, but uh, we failed to replace him, so we have to make up an episode tonight. 
which is very should, exciting. Should be okay. Should should be, be all right. yeah. So start talking. But I got a lot. I, I have a lot to vent about, so I think we're good. Oh dear. <laughs> so start off, Tim. What have you been up to masonically? Uh, the only thing since our last episode uh, was uh, Samuel C. Perkins Royal Arch Chapter Number Two Hundred Nine conferred the Royal Arch degree and brought in uh, three new uh, Royal Arch Masons and uh, got to play a role in that uh, play. Um, and uh, it's all, that's always a fun degree. Jack, you've been uh, busy? I'm, I'm looking at my calendar because I think I've gone two entire weeks without really doing anything Masonic. I did miss a York oh Rite meeting. you're becoming Larry. I know. It's, it's bad. Um, I, I missed a, a Royal Arch meeting, and I don't like to do that, but I did. And... Um, yeah, that's um, that's kind of it. I mean, we're going to talk about what's coming up is the Academy of Masonic Knowledge. But by the time you hear this, that will already have happened. So get on uh, get on board for the next time. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, no, I did. I'm sorry. Last night I spoke at uh, Ashera Kasefia Lodge. And what was your topic? Um, I did my um, Two Saints John talk. The dualism theory and and how pennsylvania only has one saint john yeah i mentioned it but nobody seemed to care so well they don't know about the other saint john uh no they don't it's uh, they don't know what they're missing it's uh he's he's a heck of a guy but um it was kind of cool there was a a a past grandmaster and a future past grandmaster in the room so that was kind of kind of neat and uh i joked because when i when you were when you we're made a mason in Kentucky, right? No. No. Where? Here? Here. Here? Yep. So you probably didn't get the uh, new guy sitting in the Northeast no. lecture, no. right? So in other jurisdictions outside of Pennsylvania, the newest mason, the newest standard apprentice, is instructed to sit in the area of the least light, which is the Northeast corner of the lodge room. And when I got up to <laughs> speak, the two guys in the Northeast corner of the lodge room we're a past grandmaster and a future past grandmaster. Okay. <laughs> did you point that out to I them? I did. Oh, actually, yeah. I did. Yeah. I said, uh, yeah, not so much. But How okay. was that received? Uh, I was kind of crickets, but it's okay. <laughs> I got over it. But um, no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful building. And uh, the, those guys are, are very active in their social world. They do the... The ox roast and the chicken barbecues and the and the breakfast meetings and, and I've been there. Like they that. have and a big attendance for those. They do. Events. They really. Yeah, they they're, do they're a nice lodge, job with the social side of it. Their and, lodge yeah. really is more part of the community than yes. some yep. other lodges are. Yes, one of the, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I've been there for the ox roast when they had cars lined up like McDonald's window. Yeah, they they netted like five grand off the off the Oxford. Yeah, and I've been there for a pancake breakfast before, which was also you know busy, and everybody from the town came out. Yeah, yeah. So, kudos to them, uh, and thank you for having me. And uh, there you go. That was, so that's my Masonic stuff. Larry, guess what? What? I Larry? was in Reading last Thursday Ooh. for. Play practice. <laughs> play. It's a degree. Yes, I know. Degree, it's degree rehearsal. Practice. But I'm purposely going to call it play practice because a grown, bunch of grown men sit on a stage in, a in an empty theater wearing long gowns. Come on. That's, you know. Um, I guess I haven't had a ton. Like, I guess I've been busy masonically and personally. I had went to Mexico 
And then two days before going to Mexico, my dog went into like respiratory distress. Um, turns out it's like congestive heart failure. Like me. Like yeah. you, yeah. Will we have a defibrillator and a monitor? No, but <laughs> can I borrow your uh, Elizabethan collar? <laughs> so he's on so many meds. I mean, he, he's on five different meds. We saw a cardiologist yesterday. And let me just tell you that it's... It's not inexpensive. It's oh, a, oh no no! I no, can't no. even a doggy even, even cardiologist. For doggies, huh? However, mm. he was stressed out, and when I walked him out, he had very um, loose incident all the way across the waiting room. Mm. So hey, I may have got a thousand dollar bill, but I left you a little something for the whole day. <laughs> and he sat so politely. The picture he posted. Yeah, some, <laughs> some, this little pause, pause cross. Like, like he's no. waiting for table service. Really. <laughs> Um, so we got back from vacation and we did have, I had some other things going on. We had Goodwin Council, um, which I did not go to because I was playing district deputy for Grotto. So I went to Delco Grotto, Mm. um, had a nice dinner with those gentlemen. Um, last weekend I was with Jay Laser, Laser, and the Grand Monarch, and a bunch of the other Grand Line officers at the Pennsylvania Grotto Association and the Ohio Grotto Association meetings in Erie, Pennsylvania. Isn't it ESGA too? I'm sorry, yeah, PGA and ESGA, ESGA. Empire State Grotto, Empire State. Yeah. Yep, and uh, it was Ohio, not New York. It was uh, it was New York, not Ohio. Okay, there were a bunch of people from Ohio there, though. Okay, yeah, because we're right on the border. They so. get lost sometimes and wander. Over. Um, Ohio, Erie's. They beautiful. don't want to live in Ohio. That's the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> Again, hate mail to Send Larry Maris to Larry Maris. <laughs> so so, Irepa Grotto says Erie PA Grotto, but they're Irepa Grotto. Oh, that's clever. Um, they have their own building. And uh, another it's, one. It's a. They have their own bar on the one side, and it's kind of cool. They have a kitchen, but they have a uh, a gentleman there. I think it was Pon- Mr. Pontillo, Luigi Pontillo. Mm-hmm. He just operates a restaurant for the public, but just on Friday evenings. So he comes in, and so anyway, he fed us on Friday night, and he also catered our event Saturday. Amazing food. Um, it's a good time. Erie's beautiful. Um, it reminded me a lot of Lancaster City. Mm-hmm. You know, you just seriously, you'll go block to block and hear something historic. Here's something where you want to roll the windows up and and <laughs> lock the doors. And then, oh my goodness, there's a there's a huge college there. You know, it just it's a little bit of everything in a small city. It is a beautiful little town. Um, so yeah, anyway, then I came back and last night we had uh, tall cedars. And uh, I'm officially, and this is one of the things maybe we can get back into later after we come back from break, but I think I'm officially at that point where I'm stressed out from the Masons. Like I'm, Uh I don't know, I'm not ready to snap, but like Uh just things have been busy. And I'm just, you know, I know where my limit is. I think I'm at that limit. Because somebody like questioned something, and like I had a very irrational response no. to a very legitimate question, like we're losing money on something. I'm like, oh, well, you do it. So, anyway, Josh, have you done anything? I uh, went to I, I ran the help run the blood drive at Lancaster Masonic Center. Cool. That's about it. And that was it. That was it. 
Jeez. Did you get some blood? Jeez. Uh, yeah, I think we got uh, 14 units. I'm still marked from three weeks ago. So the cool thing in Pennsylvania with the uh, Masonic Pennsylvania Masonic Blood Donors Program, um, if you donate blood, then you are able to get free blood. Not at will, but like if in, in medical need. In case you're mixing cocktails or <laughs> right. something. Bloody Mary. Bloody but Tim. In the event that you don't have insurance to cover it, you would not be billed <coughs> for blood. Um, but the cool thing is somebody else can donate for you. So I used to give blood regularly, but once I got diagnosed with cancer, they kind of don't want my blood anymore. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> so, but somebody donated for me a couple years ago. So I'm a member of the Masonic Blood Donors Club, even though I've never donated blood for them. Mm. It's kind of neat. Yes. All right, we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with episode 85. Why choose George J. Grove & Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove & Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. So we kind of uh, alluded to something earlier, but Larry, we you came up with a title. What are we going to call this episode? I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I got it. I got it. When is enough enough? And so this year, this year, because of people not advancing and other little weird things, somehow I am running three Masonic bodies at the same time. And there's a certain point where now I'm really getting to the feeling that I'm like, maybe I'm doing a good enough job overall, but not to my liking. Like, I feel like I've stretched myself thin enough that I can't give any one of those bodies a superior job. Yes. And uh, and that's kind of stressing me out and bugging me. So, you know, at what point do we need to like back off? Does anybody have a? Uh, yeah, it it happens because you care enough about each of these bodies that you 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 know you see the people dropping out, you see chairs opening up, you see gaps, and 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 you care enough that you you stick your face in there and you make eye contact and all of a sudden, you know, you're sucked in. And then you look around and you realize you do the math a little bit and you realize that like 4 years from now I'm going to be sitting in the east in like 37 different bodies and and nobody can do that. I mean, you can do it, but like you say, you can't at what point can you no longer do it well? And that's the problem. Is is 
you know, you lose. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just feel like our, my tall cedars meeting last night. I kind of just dialed it in. I had a lot going on personally with the dog and vacation, sure, and and grotto, and like, I just feel like tall cedars got the short straw, and I. I don't know. I feel guilty about that. Being being in attendance last night, I didn't. I didn't feel that at all. Really. I wasn't Seriously. there, but I felt that. Seriously, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think every and, and and you know I'm not patting you on the back because I'll tell you you suck or not. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> the thing is, every meeting you've run in Tall Cedars has been a smashing success. And last night was just fine. It was a Halloween gr- a group. It was, it was frivolous. It was fun and frolic or whatever you want to call it. So we had a good time. So don't worry about it. I think you did a great job, period. I think one of the things, and this may be what's driving, is you know we talk mm-hmm. about making good men better. And I think that we have that desire to be better at everything we do. And we realize we can't be our best because we're overwhelmed with whether it's multiple Masonic bodies or uh, sometimes it can be a family issue. Sometimes it can be job related, uh, other organizations that we're part of. Um, it can be overwhelming. I mean, you know, um, I was worshipful master uh, of the lodge when I was traveling 110 nights a year for my job. Um, I mean, that you talk about challenge and stressful, and that was one body. Uh, but still, um, I, th- I think it gets back to you want to always do your best. And, you know, I don't know that there is a I don't know that there's a bar or a number or whatever that you can assign and say everybody's this way because we all know what we can handle. And when we realize that we're getting to that point um, that too much, I think to, to use to coin Larry's term, enough is enough. Um You've got to intentionally start to hit the pause button on a couple of things to say, I just can't take anything else on right, right now. But but a lot of times you don't see the train coming down the tracks right. until you're in the chair. The and horn's you're, blowing. You're, and you're, the- you're one chair from the east, yeah. and, and you realize, oh, man, this is uh, – and, yeah, so it, it's, it's hard. And that's one of the reasons I tell the people that I'm mentoring, the candidates that are coming through, you know – Take this slow. This is this is the rest of your life. So there's no reason to do all of this right now. Right. Right. Take it easy. Go through it. Enjoy it. Learn. Learn what's happening here because I've been in this 15 years. I just had my 15th birthday, and some of the stuff I have inadvertently stumbled across is changing my entire perception of this fraternity and what it was and what it is and where it's going and it's a it's a really cool time for me because my my mind was blown with this this last book that i bought and i'll talk about that some other day but um but you just don't know when something is going to open up to you and and expand your your awareness of life and and society and spirituality and all that kind of stuff so so if you overload yourself with that stuff you miss it yeah and i think too independent bodies and in pete's situation there's a line there in tall cedars that you've got some good people backing you up that are coming into the chair next year and the year after uh but you look at situation in a blue lodge 
<clears throat> you're a worshipful master of that lodge. In 15 minutes before your stated meeting, you're running around trying to find four appointed people to sit in appointed officers' chairs. The hardest but, part of the job. The hardest right part there. of the job. I Butts mean, Butts in the chairs. It's frustrating as all get out. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And I, and I see that, and I not only see it in my own lodge, I see it in other lodges as well, particularly uh, blue lodges. It's 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 it just makes it hard. It's not just blue lodge. When I did my district deputy visitation to Delco Grotto, I also served as their chaplain, just because you know you got to step up, and you know it's not a problem. You but might need to do that next Sunday, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it gets back to the point, Jack, that you were making in terms of I think too often people that are on membership committees of these other appendant groups are like vultures uh, hovering around. Um, you know, these are not my words, by the third way. Degree can't, third degree people. So that they can uh, get to that day past their third degree, and immediately they're starting to push them into Shrine, push them into Scottish Rite, push them into Grotto, push them into Tall Cedars, push them just go right down the list. And I think the key is it's a journey, it's a life journey. It, it is. You've got to take your time. That's why I think our Grotto is an acquired taste. Yes. We don't do that. <laughs> exactly. People want to come in. Right. It's but, like scotch. But um, so age-wise, I'm the second youngest here at 50, and we had a little talk. I think it may be my age, too, mm -hmm. because when I was master of the lodge, I was 35. I was managing 20-some people at a very stressful call center. <laughs> I had uh, multiple girlfriends at the same time. <laughs> that never no stress I, there. I yeah. remember no all of that very well, by the way. Right. Just so you know, it was it was cr my life was crazy, but I I just relished all that stress. Yeah. Now, if I have two things like coming up in the same time, I'm like I just I melt down. I don't have a complete meltdown, but I'm I'm stressing out. Yeah. So is it fifty the magical age where I, you start like? Not being able to tolerate stuff? I don't know that it's an age necessarily, but uh, I've actually found since I retired a couple of years ago that because, you know, everybody then assumes you have all this time. Uh, and being a person that fills my calendar, um, I kind of got to that point a few months ago where I had taken on some responsibilities with some other organizations outside of Freemasonry on top of everything else. And I was actually sitting at home one night thinking the very same thing you just described, which is I'm overdoing it here. Mm -hmm. I've got to, I've got to slow down. I've got to quit saying yes. Um, and create and intentionally create some time for just me to reflect, to relax. To yeah. So we'll play Fraser crane here and make Josh feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> So Josh, so how are you? How are you making out with your? You kind of got pushed into filling in a lot at, at the Blue Lodge, so that's you know. And I don't know how stressful your regular job is. Not very stressful. Um, yeah, it's pretty stressful. Okay, yeah, for me anyway. So yeah, are, are how are you dealing? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right. Like I I've always been very selective about what I do anyway. Um. So doing all the, the the officer stuff in the lodge, that's always stuff I wanted to do. Um, I did join Scottish Rite, but like I don't really, I'm not really involved with it. Um, I will be involved with it at some point. And I'm just going to take it slow because I 
hopefully have the time to do it, you know, in the coming years or whatever. Uh, same thing with, with York, right? You know, I'm not looking to jump into the line or anything there. I'm looking to just kind of do what I'm doing in Blue Lodge, but I don't know. I, I do enjoy having my time to do, you know, what I need to do in my own life. So like I said, I'm very, I'm very selective about my time. <laughs> and, and yet there's a whole population of, of Masons who will say the purpose of Blue Lodge is to make Masons so they can join independent bodies. Mm. And that's the only function for Blue Lodge. Mm. I've so, heard this argument. Are you seeing and, that in South Carolina? Yeah. I am joining another appendant body. Uh, I'm joining Grotto. Why, yes, yes, so, you yes, are. Yes, you are. My speaking sincere of, condolences. Speaking of coveting my time. <laughs> wow. It, well, it's only one night a month. It's only one yeah. night a month. Uh, well, for our Grotto, actually, is one night a month. Yes. But yeah. Unless you do other things. In South Carolina, the... Uh, our, our Blue Lodge was referred to as a conduit for the shrine. Mm-hmm. We had a hospital, a shrine hospital in Greenville, and uh, magnetic. It just mm-hmm. unbelievable. I just kind of wanted to add, though, that I think the reason that I'm kind of selective about my time, though, is because I want to really be able to, you know, like Pete said, like do, you know, you feel like you're doing a good job or feel like you're devoting yourself to something. Like I want to be able to take my time and devote myself to the individual things that I want to, you know, be involved in, not, you know, necessarily neglect everything else, but, you know, really want to focus on. You, know, you do realize, listeners, this is the most Josh has talked in two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We may have to increase his double his pay. Double his pay again, yeah. Every syllable is 25 cents. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, it wasn't my intention to be overwhelmed this year, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but... Like Tim said, now I had to take an early retirement um, for health issues, but it's amazing how quickly your calendar fills up when people know you have time. Right. And and you're and you're not afraid to say yes too. I mean, there's, <coughs> there's you know, soon you'll soon you'll learn how to say no. But so, well, somebody told me if you want to get something done, ask you ask person. a busy person. That's exactly right. Or. Don't ask Larry because he's going to say no. <laughs> but but how much of what you've jumped into did you jump into because there was because there was a vacancy that needed to be filled, not because you wanted to do this right now in your Masonic career, but there's a gap, and they're going to be in trouble if somebody doesn't fill this gap because you know. I definitely felt like that both in Cedars and in uh, Council. However, Council, we have a full line all the way out, out the, to the outside of the door. Council's in good shape. Um, and but, but Cedars, I just look at the history and I look at the potential and the fun of our tall Cedars. And I just kind of look around the room and this is kind of morbid and hopefully I'm not including myself in this math, but like a lot of those folks aren't going to be there in five years that are in that room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not a lot of people left when those five year those, all those elderly doers are gone. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I just kind of felt like it, it's, it's something that's worth saving, but, you know, it might just be, Helping perform CPR on this thing for to 
to keep it alive for two or three more years. You're not including me in that five year spin. You were not included <laughs> because you don't do anything. So I, you know, like, <laughs> well, kind of opposite of that, we actually a member of my lodge. Um, we actually lost two members uh, who passed this year. Uh, one was 59 and one was 57. Oh, that's young. Um, yeah. Especially when you're, Whoa. especially when you're sitting here at 58, looking yeah. at them as bookends around you. But one in particular was, you know, held positions in many different bodies, and all of those bodies have had gaps because of the death of one person. Um, and it, it goes to this point of you're taking leadership roles in all these different groups. Um, I mean, he was like two spots from being potentate of the shrine. Um, so they had a big gap to fill too. So, um, it, it, stress can be good, but stress can also be bad. And you've got to be able to, again, intentionally create some space for yourself. And and it comes back to a discussion we've had multiple times. Um, but we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll dig into this a little, we'll pick the scab a little more. Hi, this is Abram Schaffner of Mount Lebanon Lodge number 226, and you're listening to the Sonic Light Podcast. Hi, this is Abram Schaffner, most excellent high priest of Waido chapter number 197, and you're listening to Masonic Light Podcast. Hi, this is Abram Schaffner, thrice illustrious master of Lebanon Council number 27, and you're listening to Masonic Light Podcast. Hi, this is Abram Schaffner, Generalissimo or Hermit Commander number 24, and you're listening to Masonic Light Podcast. At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge in Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. Welcome back, everybody. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody woke Larry up. Uh, well, we kept ranting oh. while we were during on during commercial. Yeah, we taped. We should have taped it. It was good. well. We, I think we did, but we don't know how we're going to use it. <laughs> we offended lots of people. I was while say, you were we here. have to change the names to protect the guilty. So just lot. We had you know lots of suggestions how we're going to fix things, and it's funny when I visited um, Delco Grotto, they there was a really inclement weather, and a bunch of their regular guys all happened to be on cruises so you know there was only you know six or seven other members present for this meeting and that that that's not normal um 
But we got into a discussion, the same discussion we're having and the same discussion that every Masonic body has about what's wrong and what we can do to fix it. Nothing's wrong. And then we go to dinner and we just forget is. all about it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. It just is what it is. So let's want to make it something else. So let's make, make our else. let's make our our show like the bully pulpit, pulpit, right? Yep. If you had one thing that you could do to fix the problem, what would your suggestion be? And let's open this up to our listeners. Email us. Yeah, send your ideas. Text us. You know, put well, something on Facebook. Like I'll, I'll, I'll like what I'll, you would do. Like I'll just say from my local perspective, like. If we kind of like how the, the Blue Lodges have a board of governors meeting, I think there should be a meeting of the worshipful masters of the lodges, the Grand Tall Cedar, the monarch of Ubar Grotto, mm. the potentate get, of the shrine. And try to look at our schedules and just see where we could have certain events that we could pull together. Because it's one of the things Jack was saying, like if you took. The Venn diagram here of members that are active in Tall Cedars, and then you move another one over the guys that are active in Grotto, and the guys that are active in Scottish Rite, there's a bunch of us that are in everything. Right. So some of us will be doing six or seven nights a month. So I don't know. That would be my – I would try to, like, coordinate calendars, which is the hardest thing anybody ever – nobody even tries to do it. Right. I actually suggested uh, – we had a – this has been a few years back, but uh, uh, within our Yorkerite, uh, a couple of our Yorkerite bodies suggested that they kind of go the path that Scottish Rite went, which is um, you have a meeting night, and my idea was one month we meet as, um, you know. Royal Arch. Yeah. And, and, and you rotate them. Uh, so, you know, one month you're doing Royal Arch, one month you're doing... Uh, council, council. Um, you could have commandery for those that are in that uh, if you're not in commandery then you sit that month out um, but that way you would have like three or four meetings a year of each group because uh, this is as jack said the same people are in all of those bodies mm -hmm. um, but instead of three or four nights a month you've now got but where's the breakdown is there at some point is there an ego that somebody doesn't want to oh, give up something it's all about ego it's all about ego and, and it's kind of like merging high schools you know, what do you mean we're instead of three football teams, we've only got one? Um, It'd be one good football team. Yeah. And so. For a couple of years. Yeah. But it's the same same concept. Uh, Jack said off the air a little bit ago the math doesn't hold. We have half as many Masons as we did in the 60s and 70s with the same number of appendant bodies, with the same number of chairs, with the same number of meetings, and we expect. To continue this success, so so we've we've kind of come off topic a little bit from being being over committed mm -hmm. to let's fix the fraternity, and and I, I think some of it is the same thing. Mm -hmm. it, it it definitely it erodes into the same issue as yep. what's you know what what what's happening in the fraternity. I, I think a couple of things to to just keep in mind is going back to the over commitment thing. If you are listening to this and and you are you know an avid Mason and and you're signing up for everything, that's fantastic. We love you. We love the fraternity. We love your checks. We love your checks. And yeah, <laughs> send some to us. That'd be great. But one dollar per month. <laughs> one dollar. But 
but understand that at some point it's going to catch up with you and it's going to lose its flavor because it's just too much. So prepare yourself for that. Understand when it happens and don't give up on it when it does, because I was very close to walking away um, more than once. And I kind of just, it means too much to me to walk away from it. So I had to recalibrate. And my big thing came um, back in, in 2010. There was a lot of changes in Pennsylvania. And, and I just said, I'm just going to double down on my Blue Lodge. And I'm going to put all of my energy and effort into my Blue Lodge. And I'm going to do the best job I can in my Blue Lodge. And I've, I've been committed ever since. And I, I don't participate in Scottish Rite. I, you know, I, I did finally join York Rite. And, I, and I, I'm a, a past high priest there. But um, even that, I could feel, I, I could feel a, a crunch happening because of how committed I am in Blue Lodge. And I, and I. You know, I didn't want to get in line at Grotto, but I allowed myself to be sucked in. And that's almost over with. And now and then I can I can come back here and and, and do that thing that I really, really enjoy. And that's and that's this. That's the Blue Lodge. And and so I don't know where I'm going with this other than to say, you know, recap. Don't be afraid to recalibrate your commitment level. And just remember something I heard a long, long time ago that really, um, really sat with me is the cemetery is filled with indispensable people just because you can't serve in that office doesn't mean this body's going to close right it's okay to say no when you're ready say yes for sure but if if you can't give it what it needs you know you're not the only guy that can do that you know, we, we're talking about cemeteries. We're talking about old masons getting ready to here. die in five years. This is really, this is really a sad show tonight. You take the most profound thing I've ever said on this show, Larry, and just... It all leads to death. It's ah! always, <laughs> Memento mori, Larry. <laughs> Come on. That's what? Remember that you too shall die. Is that I Remember think that I, you are but a man. Remember that you too shall die. Lord. Oh, it all comes here. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Let's wrap up this segment and we'll be back with uh, Michelle Snyder. Unlocking symbols with symbologist Michelle Snyder. Narcissus and Narcissa unlocked. Once upon a very long time ago, in an ancient age in another place, there were two young children. They were twins, a boy and a girl named Narcissus and Narcissa. Never had such fine-looking children ever been born, and never have there been any since. The lovely boy and girl were very close. They played together, told stories to each other, comforted each other in their distress, and dreamt, as children will, of how great a future they would have together. As they grew up, their games changed, but their love for one another did not. They hunted in the fields and woodlands, fished in the streams, and swam in the lake. Strong and beautiful, their golden hair fell in soft curls down their backs. Their clear blue eyes and pale skin were complemented by rosy cheeks. And as twins will, they dressed the same, talked the same. Indeed, it would have been difficult to tell them apart if one were not a boy and one a girl. 
They did have other friends, but none so precious to them as they were to each other. These two even had their own language, as do most twins. For many years, until their ages had two numbers, they loved each other as brothers and sisters will. Then, as boys will, Narcissus began to notice the beauty and grace of his sister, her soft nature, her melodic voice, and her great skill with the loom. He knew she was wise and depended upon her counsel. Somehow, sometime, somewhere, he fell in love with his sister, as a boy will love a girl he wants for his wife. She loved him too. There were no other boys that were as good to her as Narcissus. Their love grew stronger as they grew older, and they knew they would have a wonderful life and a beautiful family. One day, while out hunting and fishing along the river on the rocks, Narcissus slipped and fell, hitting her head. But before Narcissus could reach her, she had fallen unconscious into the rushing water. He was an excellent swimmer and dove in to retrieve her, but the water was swift, carrying her with it, and there she drowned. Never had the poor young man felt so much pain. Grief overwhelmed him, and he sat pining day after day, gazing into a still clear pond at his reflection. In this he found some small comfort, as he could pretend it was indeed his beloved Narcissa. She would smile when he smiled, cry when he cried, and laughed when he laughed, just as they had done when she lived. Narcissus never recovered from his grief. He died where he sat pining for his lost love. The earth sprang forth a beautiful flower where his body lay, and to this day it can be seen. Over time, this precious love story was suppressed by the human opinion that brother and sister could not love and marry. Understanding the effect of human opinion on symbols and stories is an important part of our golden key. The tale was altered to reflect unhealthy self-love. Narcissa disappeared from its telling, and Narcissus became the symbol of narcissism. For more symbology, read Fairy Tales Uncovered, available online. Next time, we will investigate Jack and Jill and why they went up the hill for water. If you'd like to take a deeper look, be sure to check out Michelle's book, Symbology Revision. A link for purchase can be found on the Freea Foundation website. That's freafoundation.net. While you're there, take a look at some of Michelle's other works and find out more about the Freea Foundation and its mission to research and publish the Ensman archives. It's time for the Lodge Business Brief with Brother Jim Stevens. Well, again with Sonic Light Podcast listeners, this is Jim Stevens with another Lodge Business Brief. Financial security of the Lodge is dependent on several factors. First, managing what is spent against revenue. Second, saving for the future. And third, protecting against errors, mistakes, and fraud. Budgets are the best way to ensure a Lodge manages its expenses and saves for the future. Budgeting is addressed in a different episode. In this episode, we discuss protection against errors, mistakes, and fraud. The basis of Freemasonry is trust and brotherly love. Unfortunately, there are stories from almost every jurisdiction where a brother has betrayed that trust, either by ignorance or willful fraud. Even if we are lucky and never have another case of fraud in the Lodge, there will still be mistakes and errors of judgment. Few things will close a Lodge faster than losing all of its money. As such, financial oversight needs to be the top priority of every lodge, regardless of size. The oversight should come from several different layers. The more eyes that are involved, the less the chance of having a problem go undetected. 
each layer should be focused on different items with different timeframes. This will ensure there isn't anything missed or overlooked. The Lodge leadership is the first layer. They should be focused on the budget and the day-to-day -day operations. Having checked with multiple signatures is a good practice for this group. A financial committee can be another layer. They should be keeping an eye on the bank accounts and the budgets. They are working to ensure the Lodge stays within the budget and there's no unusual activity in the bank accounts. They can do this on a monthly or quarterly basis. A Lodge Audit Committee can be the third layer. They will review and audit the books after the fiscal year is completed. They should have the freedom to review any part of the Lodge's books and report directly to the membership. Most Grand Lodges will require some sort of year-end reporting. Each Grand Lodge will have their own annual reports and returns. These do provide some protection and are often a fourth layer, but without the other layers, they are no guarantee. Try to keep the different layers independent with different people. If your lodge is small or short on volunteers, you can keep each layer down to one person. One is better than none. Additional ideas on how to secure lodge finances can be found in my book, Lodge Business, the theoretical application of entrepreneurial business practices to Blue Lodge, available on Amazon. This is Jim Stevens with your Lodge Business Brief. In Masonic News Today, according to the Pat's Bastard website, the Grand Lodge of California, citing a need for Freemasons to become more socially and environmentally conscious, announced this week that beginning in 2020, Lodge buildings are no longer allowed to have single-use plastic straws, utensils, or plastic or foam plates. In related news, the Grand Lodge of Western Ohio has implemented a green bean recycling program. Said one past master, We make them every month and nobody eats them. This is going to save us hundreds of dollars every year. That's the Masonic News. So mode it was. <laughs> hey Pete, that's a sharp looking shirt you got there. Where did you get it? Oh, <laughs> this shirt? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, this uh, I got it on themasonicmarketplace.com. Wow, what is that? It's amazing. It's uh, the store online for the Scottish Rite, Northern Masonic jurisdiction. Wow, that is awesome! And where do I find that? www.themasonicmarketplace.com. One of the most important jobs for Lodge secretaries is to assist the Worshipful Master in assigning a past master and two members of your Lodge to all Committee of Inquiries for those petitioning the Lodge for membership. As secretary, I found that by finding brethren in close proximity to the petitioner, uh, I found that useful in engaging members of the Lodge in this important duty. This is made tremendously easier by using members' addresses in a Google map that I create uh, and include the age and occupation of the member and past master. By doing this, I'm able to recommend committee members to the Worshipful Master that are closer in age and in some cases in a related occupation field to the petitioner. 
This can easily be done with a simple download from a member database or an Excel spreadsheet, uh, and then going to maps.google.com and creating a visual representation uh, that can assist you in, a, in that important duty. Hi, this is Jay Laser. I'm Venerable <laughs> Prophet of Ubar Grotto number 211, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. And you're listening to Masonic Light Podcast. And we're back. Uh, so, guys, uh, what, what do we got going on Masonically coming up? Uh, for us or for the everyone else? Well, for everyone else and us. Yeah, I don't know. You've got the list. Well, I know that we have... Uh, <laughs> I know that we have a couple of valleys in the Scottish Rite that uh, have reunions coming up on um, Saturday, November 16th. Uh, the the Valley of Reading will be having their reunion. And if you can get your um, – uh, here's a good plug for my valley. Um, if you can get your petitions in a week prior, which would be the stated meeting mm-hmm. – um, it's a best time to join because if you join during the fall class, the cost will only be $50. Um, that's due to the fact that the Valley is waiving the initiation fee. So that's, you're saving $100. And, um, and we have a, a rumor being circulated. And I'm, I have another good authority that someone else, another body is going to be covering another 50 of that money. So really, so your cost is going to be $50 to join the Valley of Reading. Jeez. Oh, wow. So it's a good Speaking, time. Just don't overcommit yourself, right? Given the topic that we've uh, been talking well, about today. Well, no, it's, we it's a weekend to come and watch right. plays, right, plays, Larry? Plays, plays, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh, on that same weekend, November 15th and 16th, uh, the Grand Valley of Harrisburg will be having their reunion. And uh, the same... Uh, when did we start calling it the Grand Valley? Well, when Pete started calling Reading the Valley of Reading. And <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it was Moyer. Moyer might have done that. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and the same thing, if you get your petitions in a week prior, you can participate in that class. So, But we're not giving it to you for 50 bucks, I don't think. So you know where to Call come, John everybody. Cook. Call John Cook. <laughs> See, there, there's, therein lies my other thing to get to recruit new members <laughs> is we poach from other poach lodges from other, uh, and poach from other valleys. And whoever is the survival of the fittest, yeah. Lord of the Flies, sharpen a stick at both ends. We've actually got a uh, really cool program coming up uh, at our stated meeting at Eureka West Shore Lodge number 302 on Monday, November the 4th. Uh, not only our regular veterans program that we'll be doing, they're also uh, recognizing first responders. Um, and there's also going to be a very special presentation uh, of a Lewis Jewel um, that is, I can't really tell who it's going to be on the air just yet. Um, I'll report on it probably at our next episode after it happens, but uh, it'll be a really cool program. Josh, turn off the recording for a minute. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Oh my goodness, that's great. Wow. <laughs> Was it really? Yeah. Oh man, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. They really deserve it. <laughs> well, I want to mention too the fact that the York Tall Cedars on November the 16th is uh, holding the Grand Tall Ball at the York Country Club with a 26 piece big band. It's a great night, probably one of the finest 
Masonic functions I've been to in it is good. years. In years. All right. Did you guys have anything coming up that you want to talk about? No. No. Yeah, I, I'll be at Harrisburg's 100th anniversary. Have any of the past oh. masters anything to offer for the good of <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I stepped on. Larry, get us out of here. We've had, we've oh, done, we've done enough harm. Shoot the chickens. Yeah, let's do those chickens. It's gonna be a short one tonight. Uh, special thanks to Effort Lodge 665 for making this broadcast studio continually available. Centennially? Continually. Centennially. Uh, thanks to Josh Lamberton, producer and director, who always makes the show great. Thanks to Jack Harley, our news director, and Timmy Dadman, our marketing director. Tim hasn't marketed anything. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> We should promote him. He's selling shirts. Double He's trying to sell shirts. Yeah. Uh, to our Masonic Life podcast contributors, Michelle Snyder and Jim Stevens, this is Larry Mira saying thanks for listening. This is Tim. This is Josh. Everybody's staring at me. This is Pete. Goodbye. Thank you.